Welcome to East Dropping at the Movies. I'm Mike. And I'm Zip. Today we're talking about Deep Water, which is directed by Adrian Lyne, mm. who I don't think he's made a film for quite a while, but he's known for his films from the early 90s. Sexually charged, flash dance, nine and a half weeks, indecent proposal. Actually, the 80s, like, he really, you know, you, you can't uh, think of 80s cinema without referencing you know, some of his biggest hits, like Fatal Attraction. Yeah, which uh, he was Oscar nominated for, for directing. Right. And so, yeah, and, that's right. Flashdance 83, Nine and a Half Weeks 86, Fatal Attraction 87, Jacob's Ladder 1990, and Indecent Proposal 93. It's a, a string of films you've heard of. Yeah. Jacob's Ladder wasn't a hit. No. You know, the others were very significant hits, particularly the first three. You know, top ten blockbuster films that really had reverberations across the culture. Yeah, they were much discussed and much talked about. Mm. Uh, Fatal Attraction particularly. Uh, the flash dance as well, actually. And then, Indecent Proposal was a different kind of discussion, really. It wasn't uh, as popular. Uh, and, of course, the whole theme of, uh, of the film, which is, you know, will you allow your wife to sleep with Robert Redford for a million dollars, right? It felt kind of icky and you mm. know, dirty and, you know, uh, uh, and, and simple in a way. Uh, but the, the you know those three films they really mark the eighties. If you were mm. someone who went to cinema in the eighties, you would have seen Adrian Lyne films. Yeah, this is another erotic film. Yes, another sexually charged film. It's a psychological thriller. It's we watched it on Amazon Prime. I don't know that it's getting a cinema release. It isn't. Is my understanding right? I mean, it was meant to be released at two different times. And then it never happened because of COVID and other reasons. Mm. And then it was basically just dumped on Hulu in the US, I think, and Amazon Prime Mm. here. Yeah. So Ben Affleck plays Vic, who is very well off. Uh, He used to uh, make chips that go in drones that kill people overseas. He's made a lot of money out of it, um, out of this morally grey area at best. Um, he's married to uh, Anna Dianas, and they have a little girl together who's six or seven years old. Uh, but their marriage is clearly unhappy. He desperately loves her, but she doesn't really seem to love him or even the daughter very much. She's much happier sleeping around re- in front of him, really, which she does at parties, picking up guys and making friends with them. Um, and he essentially allows her to do this, but his jealousy over this is growing and growing. Mm. The question of whether he killed um, a previous lover of hers is raised. Um, and the question is, what's he going to do with subsequent lovers who mm. we see? Um, and how's it going to develop? I, I thought it was really, really watchable. You know, it's, I think it's quite heavy-handed, some of it. But it's really, it's quite crunchy, watchable stuff. Until the last 20 minutes, where I think it loses the plot completely. Yes. Uh, I mean, the, the film's ending doesn't make sense. But I've seen it twice now. And actually, I love it even more than the first time around. And a lot of it has to do with Ben Affleck, who I found like surprising. And it actually made me think about, you know, the, the interesting roles that he's picked recently, because, you know, they're all kind of middle-aged men, depressed, either enthralled to sex of some kind, you know, or unable yeah, to, to be up for it. Uh, 
but with kind of like a lingering sadness and yeah, kind of, you know, if you think of the accountant and films like that. Uh, and actually, I think he's really surprising this. He's really, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Anna the Armas, I just think she's like Ava Gardner, right? She's explosive in this. She's so beautiful and she's so sexy. Mm-hmm. I think everything she does is sexualized. It's the role, you know, but she inhabits it like so incredibly well. I mean, they, to me, they make the film what it is really because you, I can't stop watching them really. I think everything that they do is interesting, which is a, a lot for me to say regarding Affleck, right? Because usually I find him super dull mm. uh, and inscrutable, you know? <laughs> uh, so I, I, I really love it, actually. Uh, I think you're right, yeah, that the ending is very unsatisfactory. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a fucking piece of garbage at the end. It's yeah. dreadful. So the thing is, I, you wanted to watch this, and I didn't know anything about it, so fine. And um, so I, I was watching it uh, this morning at home on my own, and... Um, and I just Googled it, and, you know, on, on Google it comes up with, you know, watch on Amazon, blah, blah, and it gives you a couple of um, ratings that it's mm. picked up from across the internet. IMDb, 5.4 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes, 37%. Metacritic, 52%. So I'm going, right, okay, why suppose they want to see this? And then I'm watching it, and I'm going, why is it getting such, such, I don't such get it mediocre either. reviews, right? This is really watchable, entertaining, fun Quite sexy stuff. Yeah, very really sexy. nicely shot. Yes. I mean, I was watching it at home with you know, HDR, Ultra HD. Through um, it, fant- it looked beautiful, especially those shots of the snails, mm. the, the light shine. It was really, really gorgeous. And then we got to the last twenty minutes because the thing is, I I noticed it was the last twenty minutes because I just happened to check the time, and I was and I noticed we had twenty minutes to go. And I was thinking, how's this going to wrap up? And then from then on, it was garbage. And I thought, oh, that's why it's it's gone down the pan because. Because the end of a film really shapes what you think of it. Of it's, it's your final impression of the film. And you come out going, well, that was super unsatisfying. So we'll get into spoiler territory. But ultimately, what happens is nothing is resolved. And it ends on... It, it, it's like cliffhangery and asking questions. The thing is, the whole film is asking questions. But the, but the thing is, you expect them to be answered. Mm. The question of you know what, what actually is the truth. Has Ben Affleck killed this person? Has he done it with this other person? What's going to... It asks these questions, and then it just never answers them. Mm. The character of Josh, who's the long-haired, blonde guy, who's mm. the first guy we see Anna de Armas with at the start, you know, it's quite tense between um, between him and Vic. Uh, and Vic tells him, I killed this other guy, Martin, this previous lover who we've never seen. Um, but everyone knows that this guy's gone missing. Mm. Um, and, and then it's like, oh, it was just a joke. But then the question is, was it a joke? And... That never gets revol- resolved, and then Josh, he kind of finally threatens Josh, but we see we know that Josh is going away the next day, and the question is, what did, did he kill him that night? Did Josh go away? It's just not addressed again. Mm. Josh just goes away. Mm. That kind of thing, it happened. That those sorts of questions just don't get resolved at all, and the final thing is um, Anna de Armas finding the wallet of Tony, who's the final lover of hers that we see, who is this previous lover from years ago that she's reconnected with. And we see, spoilers, uh, Vic kill him um, uh, in a gorge and try and sink him in a river. He takes the wallet, and she almost finds this wallet, so she appears to you know, know what has happened, figure out what has happened. But then she is okay with it. She burns the wallet. She smiles at Vic when he comes home. She knows what's going on. As, as to why any of that is happening, there is no answer. Well, I think, I think there are answers. Um, 
So, first of all, I don't agree with you that she doesn't love her daughter. She's clearly, you know, enthralled with her daughter. Uh, you see them hugging on the sofa and so on. I think that's something that develops. I will agree with you that happens, but I think what happens is her love for her daughter and for her husband increases over the course of the film as because the other thing is at the start when when the daughter's playing the song on Alexa admittedly mm. she's being super fucking annoying but the, but she's having none of it whereas Affleck loves the daughter is taught is you know, playing with her so like it's set up as Affleck loves the daughter the mother not that interested okay I didn't see it that way I thought you know uh Affleck loves the mother mm. and is happy with the situation and you know, Anna de Armas' character is very unsatisfied with her life and so on and so mm. forth. But there are other instances where you see her with her daughter and, you know, dancing or, you know, and so mm. on, that you get a sense that she clearly loves her daughter. Um, yeah. So, so, so I don't... Uh... So, well, I think it's something that develops her relationship. It's not one straight from the whole way through. Her relationship with... If we leave the daughter to, to the side slightly, um, and we talk about the husband, her relationship with the husband definitely gets warmer over the course of the film. They're very standoffish towards the start, and later on, she starts to starts to develop more feelings for him, maybe fall slightly back in love with him, which I think is why the film was ultimately leading to this form of resolution where she's okay with what he's done. Well, I think what she wants is for him to demonstrate that he loves her. She wants to be loved, and mm. she doesn't feel loved by him. He's very passive and he lets all this stuff happen. Yeah. And as far as he's concerned, it's about keeping his family together and not having a divorce. Yes. But he is kind of completely obsessed with her, right? Like, you see that in the pictures that he takes and you see that reflected in when he goes into his office, you know, the big blow-ups of her legs. And, you know, so he is, he is completely obsessed with her. Mm. Uh, but it's not her idea of love. And actually, there's something very interesting there because she is meant to be foreign. She's meant, it's not clear whether she's meant to be Brazilian or, you know, uh, mm. but she's meant to be foreign, right? And she feels, she feels uh, unloved. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I think Ana de Armas is Cuban, is she? I think she is Cuban. And she makes reference to this guy, Tony, at the end, the first American I ever fucked. Yes. Um, and it, yeah, something is made of that. She's not just Ana de Armas, the actress. She's, she's playing foreign in America yeah. in this film. And in a way, though, I think I think the ending is is very unconvincing. I mean, I think it has a logic, right? Uh, because the reason why she ends up staying is twofold. You know, her daughter sinks the suitcase, she, the daughter doesn't want to go. And also, she realizes that she is loved. Yeah, that kind of, he's done all of this for her and, you know, she's the love of his life, as the book says, and mm. and so on. Now, it's still a shit ending, you know, because, I mean, you know, is this going to continue again? There's nothing there, there to say that she's not going to do it again or that he's not going to do the same again. By this point, he's become a serial killer, right? And the writer character, I think, is just a big mistake, the way that he is depicted, because he's meant to be the villain or at least the stumbling block to a mm. happy resolution of the couple. And it just doesn't work that way. Tracy Letts, who I love... And in his way, I think plays. I mean, I like the way he plays the character. I like the way he always plays his characters. But the character, the purpose of it. Well, the purpose of it, in some sense, is obvious. But when he shows up in that gorge, well, the question is, why does he show up, right? Yes. Why would he know to go there? So there's this thing about Ben Affleck said, "I'll go back. I'll get your scarf." They've picnicked there the day before him and his family, and then that night, um, we see 
she's been on a phone call and she says it was with Don, the writer character, Tracy Letts. So presumably, well, at least what I took from it is that's her telling him to go there tomorrow. Why would she tell him to do that? It doesn't make any sense to me. What's he expecting to see? Don't know. What's she expecting him to see? Don't know. And then this silly car chase ensues and the thing... And it's, it just gets, it gets very, very silly. Um, I never found it silly. Um, I think, you know, some things... Uh, some, the ending doesn't work. Yeah, so there are kind of problems with the plotting of the story. Um, but to me, everything else overrides that. I mean, what I really loved about the film was, you know, the sense of, of longing and sadness and passion mm. and obsession and the sight of Anna de Armas seeking joy and sensation, right? Like she's always dancing or looking or doing. Yeah, she's someone who wants like the physical thrill of being alive, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, he's more cerebral, yeah? And more uh, repressed, yeah? Mm -hmm. uh, so, and watching Anna de Armas, just the way that she walks up the stairs is like beautiful. <laughs> You know, I mean, you know, I'm not even heterosexual, and I just thought it was like, she's amazingly sexy to watch, right? Amazingly sexual, yeah. You don't have to go into the stables to look at the horses. Oh, yes, exactly. <laughs> so, um, you know, and it's it's those things that I think stay with me, right? Like moments, right? You know, uh, moments that, that I think are very worked out. When she gives him a blowjob in the car, mm. right? And the blowjob turns to her biting him. Yes, as right. punishment for him fancying this other woman. Yeah, you know, and then she does it again, and, and like it really shocks him, right? Yeah. And then she just takes his pubic hair out of her mouth. Mm. I mean, that's amazing, right? Yeah. And the way that she does it is amazing, right? And and you know, those things kind of stay with you, and like you've not seen them anywhere else. And then you also you you completely understand, you know, the emotion and the logic of all of those actions, right? Yeah, yeah, and then and you know, and yet kind of you've never seen them, so. Kind of, I think this is a well, like all of Adrian Lyne's films, you know, they're like obsessed with the erotics of, you know, uh, uh, well, of, with, with, uh, with a kind of a male logic of desire. <laughs> yeah. um, mm. But in this case, I think, you know, the combination of her, yeah, uh, and then him, you know, because I think there's something like so interesting about the way that Ben Affleck plays it because he could have gone really overboard and kind of being over emotional and instead everything is repressed everything is cerebral right and yet kind of there is like you know this the sadness really uh, and yet when he kills the you know the uh, pianist in the pool mm -hmm. well I mean he he has to he must have done but again, it's not actually resolved. And actually, that whole the police case goes away completely. If the police come in and this party and the guy's died and Affleck was the last one in the pool with him, chances are, you know, that's what he did. Um, but that goes away completely. It doesn't go away. Um, you get it back in flashbacks all the time. It's very clear that he did it, right? And then I think it's also very clear, you know, that um, there's no need to resolve it because of the witnesses, you know, the uh, uh, impact of the guy's head on the pool. And then you get this line that, you know, thousands of people die, you know, in a pool every year, right? It's not an Especially unusual. when they're super drunk. Yeah. So, so I think, 
you know, that, well, that, the, that, one of the questions it asks is: the, Did the Tracy Letts character, who's carrying him and saying we need to get him onto the flat to revive him, he's the one who drops him on his head, mm. and, and he's already been set up as someone who hates mm. him. He hates him for the drone thing, and he also hates him because he's heard this thing about him killing Martin, this previous guy, which started maybe as a joke. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, so the question that asks is: Did he do it as a way of framing Affleck? This impact? Did he do it deliberately? Actually, that never occurred to me, uh, though I can see why it would be interesting because you, you realise that what is driving that character is really, you know, merely the desire to write a best-selling book, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. When he's in the car at the end, yeah, yeah, trying to get to safety, you know, he's he's texting his wife, I finally got the book, right? Yeah, this yeah. is going to be a great book. So, yeah. so, so actually that would kind of make sense, yeah, mm-hmm. that, you know, if he makes sure he's dead, yeah, so that he he's got something to write about, but but if that's the case, the film doesn't communicate it very well. I didn't get I didn't get that. Well, to me, it just asks the question. Um, mm. I, I I mean, to me, it asks the question very effectively. It just doesn't then go on to answer it at all. Mm. <laughs> um, also, this thing about you know the um, dynamics of this family, where she's very unsatisfied. Mm. He's you know completely obsessed with her, partly because. He's got very little else going on in his life, yeah? He's retired, mm-hmm. right? He says something like, I ride my bike and, you know, I, I fund a poetry magazine or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, and he's a house dad, right? And he is clearly besotted with his daughter, who seems like super intelligent. And actually, I think it's one of the best performances by a child actor I've seen. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like completely natural and mm-hmm. non-stage stage baby. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, but this contrast between the mother not making the child the focus of her life—I mean, that I would agree with, right? Mm. I think she she clearly loves her daughter, but she's not the she's not what's giving her life meaning, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas for him, yeah, like she is, yeah, the daughter is like everything, really. Yeah, very know? central. Well, yeah. him at that and the love for his wife and the love for and his this wife. kind of growing, consuming jealousy. Um, yeah. I mean, the mother. Is it unfair to say that to me the mother came across really as a nymphomaniac at times? Like everything was about the sexual drive with her yes. and who she was meeting and who she was going out with. Yes, everything was about being desired. Yeah, uh, I did like when she um, when she complains that Affleck doesn't respect her intelligence. Yes. That's, a, that's a real complaint, and you feel it. Yes. You know, she says, she says, of course I think you're smart. And she goes, not in the way that you respect something like that. Yeah. Like you feel actually how damaging, how hurtful that is to her. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so probably like a distinction between being cunning, you know, and being intelligent. Um, and obviously he's posited as some kind of genius, you know, like, you know, yeah. a super yeah. brilliant uh, figure. So in a way, I also like that because, you know, He's very handsome in this, in a kind of a dad way, like, you know, so, you know, they're no longer showing him with the shirt off the way that they did 20 years ago, right? Mm. But he's he's very, very handsome, you know, and very sexy, actually. Um, he's also physically large. I mean, he's got big arms, and, and he stands in a, in a kind of an action man way sometimes, even though, like as you say, no, no shirt off. But still, I think it's partly there to suggest he is someone who is physically capable of killing who he wants. Sure. Ask that yeah. question. You know. And we see him do it, right? So he's someone who is very powerful in life, socially, economically, and physically, mm-hmm. right? And the only weakness is this obsession that he's got for this woman, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Uh, who taunts him constantly, mm-hmm. right? Uh, in front of other men, it's like, you know, she's like bullfighting him or something, right? Like, you know, she's waving the red 
uh, thing at him, you know, and uh, it's it's clearly to get a rise out of him, right? Mm. So, you know, um, I think it's very interesting because it should be no surprise that the Ben Affleck character reacts the way he does. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, she's not only sleeping with all of these men, she's bringing him home. Mm. Yeah. And she's not only bringing him home for, for him to see, which would be a kinky thing, you know, but actually for all their friends to see yes. him being cuckolded, right? Yeah, so to humiliate him, to get back at him, to punish him for some reason. So, you know, he's very reasonable until he loses his reason in the pool, I think. You know, because mm. it's meant to be like an explosive moment. Yeah, like something that, yeah, mm-hmm. it's not planned like the second murder is. Yeah. Mm. Um, where he clearly takes him up to the, you know, to the hill to kill him. Yeah. Yes, it's quite, quite premeditated. In the, in, in the pool scene... He's watching his wife with this guy in the pool, and there's always there's this heavy close up on his face of, of and you see. I mean, I think it's a great performance by Affleck. You really feel the anger bubbling yeah. up inside him. I um, think it's also a great performance by Jacob Elordi, who plays that second lover, the pianist. Yeah, you know, he's the he's the lead in Euphoria. Yeah, okay, with Zendaya, uh, and he plays kind of like a nasty character there as well. Uh, but in Euphoria, he's very solid and sexy, right? And the way that he's dressed in his performance here is very interesting because he's taller than Affleck, yeah, which is difficult to do because Affleck is a very tall guy. But also, he's, you know, they dress him to be very slight and he gives off like this callow. He's not just young, but he's callow and full of himself and mm. insubstantial yeah, in some way, right? Mm. You know, and I think Elordi conveys all of this really quite well, yeah. Mm. You know? I think it's Ben Affleck's best performance. I've never seen him this good. You know, and Anna de Armas, to me, in this film, she's a star. Like, you know, I wasn't convinced with her by her. I mean, I liked her very much, mm. you know, but she seemed kind of just young and pretty and, you know, <laughs> insubstantial in some ways to me. In, in was it Knife Out or? She was in Knives Out. She Knives was out. in um, Blade Runner 2049. Okay, yes. The virtual assistant type. Yeah. And she was very good in both. Mm. But in this, she's like Ava Gardner, right? Like, mm. you know, she's just explosive. You can't stop watching her, right? Uh, and I think it's partly the director. It's little things, you know, the way that she holds her feet, right? You know, the way that she dances, the way that she smiles, the way that she flicks her head, the way that she looks at him, right? Because you're always, you always get a sense that she is playing with him. She's taunting him. Yeah. Yeah? It's kind of, you know... Uh, uh, it's his reaction is on her mind, right? Um, well, she does what she wants, right? Uh, so, I mean, I think it's an extraordinarily sex- sexy, sexual performance that kind of, to me, reveals her as a real movie star, really. Like, mm. you know, I just, uh, yeah, I couldn't stop watching her. And, you know, I'm going to make gifts. <laughs> so, so... What about the snails? I really like the snails. I like the way they were shot. I like. I mean, they're kind of they're kind of cryptic. He goes down to them when he's spurned initially by his wife. She says, "Close the door on your way out." You know, she's not going to let it happen tonight. Um, And he goes into the snails who you see mating, and then he puts one on his hand, and it's and the light shining through the back. Like I said, it's gorgeous to look at, and it's like, like like that energy he needs. He just but he hasn't got he hasn't got it with his wife at this point. And then this thing later about. He's talking about his snails, and he says um, they'll they'll climb 
at like a 12, 12 meter, or yeah. on 12 feet over a wall to get to their lover. Yeah, this yeah, thing about like the determination of the snail. Yeah, you kind of, I guess, I guess you're supposed to see in him, right? He's well, I think, I think it's it's beautiful, and actually, it reminded me a little bit of the Big Sleep. Mm. You know, yeah. Uh, uh, what what do they call it? That thing where you grow plants in, yeah, which is like dank and humid, and yeah, or like a greenhouse, yeah, like the greenhouse, mm. yeah. And that's too hot <laughs> yeah, and too humid, and um, so I love that. And I actually, I was also trying to think of, you know, what does the snail signify? And of course, then you get that line about they'll climb. 12, a wall 12 feet to get to the, with, if they get a smell of their mate, you know, mm. to join their mate. Um, but also, it's symbolic of the state of mind of Ben Affleck. So, you know, externally, he is rich, handsome, successful, with a beautiful wife and an adorable child. Internally, it's all slime, fog, <laughs> yeah. Dankness, right? Like, yeah, yeah. That that uh, that room is his retreat, and it is yeah, steam and warm, and yeah, yeah, and dirty, yeah. Um, and also, obviously, that dankness and steaminess and darkness and is also hiding his secret, which is the wallet of the man he's murdered, right? Mm. Yeah. So, so I I really liked it. Um, yeah, that's the yeah. It's the use of the use of use of space as a psychological mm. indicator and in a sanctum you, you're going into his head when you're in that room mm. I also really love the location and the way that it's filmed because often what happens in the film is so it's set in New Orleans in the small town in New Orleans you know and what you'll have there's a lot of parties right so you get all of these social moments right yeah that you see the couple in those moments within their community, their friends and neighbors, yeah? So it's not just the lone individual or the nuclear family or the couple. They are part of this broader community. Mm -hmm. But the film shows, you know, the larger community, the dancing, the joy, and then to the back room with the snails. (laughs) Yes? Yeah. (laughs) So I think it's kind of, it's got uh, a fantastic depiction of place, yeah, that kind of evokes all of those things, yeah? You know, the place, uh, the social dimension, the family dimension, and then kind of like the individual psyche, right? Like in mm. in relation to all of this. And each is slightly different, you know? So it's yeah. the same people moving through the space, yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, I loved it. Decent movie. Steamy, sexy, exciting. Mm. Show me about the end. Yeah. Uh, highly recommend that everyone see it, though. Again, I can't get over, you know, Anna de Armas. It's a real star turn. And I do think it's Ben Affleck's best performance. I've never seen him be as good in a subtle, you know. Well, Gone Girl would be the obvious, in so many ways, Gone Girl would be the obvious comparison point and as a comparison point for his performance. It would. I think he's better here. I think those yeah. shots of him kind of just thinking, right? Like, you know, or you see something and then he reacts and it's just with his eyes, you know, mm. I think, I think it's, and, and also it's just with his eyes and you get a sense of contradiction or complicate, Oh yeah. Of a movement of thought. Mm. Right. I thought he, I thought he was wonderful. Right. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening. We are eavesdropping at the movies and we are on Apple podcasts, audible, Google podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube on social media. We're on Facebook and Twitter at eavesdrop movies. And the website is eavesdroppingatthemovies.com. Thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye.